Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording live-ish from San Francisco. Folks, I gotta tell you that every time that I see Ron DeSantis's name in the news, I want to fucking scream. But his latest attempt at political performance and provocation on his quest to quell any conversation, lessons, anything that has to do with critical race theory, which mind you, they already voted in Florida to disallow critical race theory. And then let me remind you, remind you, it's not being taught anywhere that isn't at the graduate and law school fucking level. So every single time that you see or hear of a right-wing radical politician wanting to use wokeness, right, whatever it is that they believe that to be, which is essentially any mention of people of color, any mention of black people, of Latinx people, of Asian Pacific Islanders, of Muslims, of anyone that is not white, that is not straight, that is not male. This is what they do not want. And the question that we all should be asking, instead of falling into this well of despair, this well of lies around critical race theory and his, what, what, what the fuck did he call it? Um, stop woke act. Yes, you're right. You should stop. You should stop being conscious. You should stop being aware. You should just continue to bury your head in the sand like a fucking ostrich, right? Like, because that is what Republicans want you to do. They don't want you to question. They don't want you to be thoughtful. They don't want our kids to be strategic. They don't want them to have critical thought. And the reality is, is that they're using this as a dog whistle, right? So that now with this bullshit stop woke act, right? that Death Santis is ushering in in Florida is coming off of the heels of what Greg Abbott's bitch ass did in Texas, which is turn around and turn your neighbors, right, 
into some type of vigilantes, right? That are on the pursuit of anyone and anything that they don't like. So with this bullshit Stop Woke Act that Death Santis unveiled this week, right, in some type of campaign rally where he's tossing out hats into the crowd, he says that he wants parents, right, as what, this is the same fucking thing that Glenn Youngkin said in Virginia that got him the governorship. He wants parents to have free choice. He wants parents to have the liberty to decide what it is that their children should and should not be taught. And again, mind you, that we are falling into the trap because instead of us turning it around and saying, what is it that the GOP is afraid of? What are you afraid of, Ron DeSantis? What are you afraid of, Greg Abbott? What are you afraid of, Glenn Youngkin? What are you afraid of? Why is whiteness so fucking fragile that it cannot stand any test, right, of anything that has been taught? Because here's the reality. We, they want us to go back, as my friend Wajahat Ali has been saying on Democracy-ish, to 1953. This is before Brown versus the Board of Education. This is well before Roe v. Wade. Right. This is before there was any major push, major momentum around civil rights. That's where they want to go back to. Right. Where they had their whites only restaurants and their whites only uh, country clubs and their whites only schools. And no one was pushing for anything else. Right. And when I say no one. I understand that the civil rights movement has been going on for decades and decades, but there was not the desire within the white community to want to band together and link arms in order to make these things happen. They want that back. And so by giving parents the ability to now sue teachers, to bankrupt school districts, Right? That is their way of silencing what they know is going to be the new American majority. I am telling you that when it was announced, probably at this point, 10 years ago, that the United States was setting up for a major demographic shift, and some people debate on the decade that that's going to happen is it 2030? Is it 2040? Is it 2050? But the fact is, it is happening right now. And their way to preserve white supremacy, to preserve white-centric everything, is to stamp it out before it even blossoms, before it even grows. You know, just this week, too, you had debate on the House floor. And, and, you know, I, I laugh because if I don't, I will scream. And if I don't scream, then I will cry. But you look at the debate that was on the floor about Islamophobic legislation, right? Much in the same way that at the height of a COVID, which by the way, I will get to in a bit because it seems as if guess who's in the midst of a fourth wave, the United States, um, legislation was put together to stop Asian hate. 
which was once again promoted, created by the GOP. But do you see Democrats holding them accountable for that? Do you see them naming it? Because you see, the way that we change things, the way that we get accountability and responsibility is by naming what is, right? And who is to blame. So we get the Stop Asian Hate legislation. And now Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, because she is being fucking harassed and terrorized by her own goddamn colleagues in Congress, puts together an act to recognize that there is a rise in Islamophobia. But when you listen to these Republicans on the floor, they're like, well, if we're going to, you know, stop Islamophobia, then I guess we have to stop uh, our homophobia and our transphobia and all these things. Because you see, to these people, to these people, their idea of liberty and freedom is the freedom to be able to discriminate against whoever they want, whenever they want, without any responsibility or accountability, just to be able, right? To say, I don't like you. Not only do I not like you, I hate you. I don't want to hire you. I don't have to respect you and face absolutely no consequences whatsoever. That's what they want. And that is what this country looked like prior to the Civil Rights Act that you see that white people could gather right? In their racist-fueled, rage-fueled mobs, lynch black folks, beat black folks, terrorize black folks, right? And who are you as a black person? Who are you going to report to? The fucking sheriff, right? You going to law enforcement that was already marching down your street with their hoods on? You're going to sue somebody, right? They're going to laugh you out of the police department. They're going to laugh you out of the courts. And now we have just the appearance right, of equity, but we know that that is nothing more than a facade. We know that you don't even really have to get close to peel back the layer of bullshit, right, to know who is bought and sold and why a Mitch McConnell and a Donald Trump were able to push forward over 300 federal judges. You know, the other day I mentioned on the show, I see a tweet that says, oh my God, Joe Biden appointed 10 federal judges this year. 10 federal judges this year? That's less than one a month. This is what the fuck you're celebrating? Donald Trump was appointing federal judges like seven a week in order to keep pace, right? With what Mitch McConnell wants to do. Was Mitch McConnell putting up policy for the American people? No, he was changing the judicial landscape because he knows that that is the only place in this country where people get their rights. It doesn't come through Congress. It comes through the courts. And so if you can own the courts, then you can own the country and you can rewrite the Constitution. You know, right now, everybody wants to, you know, laugh off what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. And I'm telling you, it is not a laughing matter. And everybody needs to pay fucking attention because my opinion, Donald Trump is going to keep his grift going about 2024 and whether or not he's going to run. He's going to keep that going because just the idea of him potentially running is filling up his coffers, right? He's able to fundraise 
right? And make money off of the idea, the perception that he may run in 2024. But what is going to turn out, right? is that he is not going to be on the ballot. That it's going to be a wide open field of who can be more right wing, who can be the most radical, right? That we are going to see a presidential election like we have never seen. And frankly, if this democratically controlled Congress does not get their shit together around voting rights, which I have Ye of little hope that that is actually going to happen because we are coming up on a year of the Biden administration and there has been no serious push to voting rights. Oh, now they want to do it because guess what? Joe Manchin once again blew up Build Back Better. They had set their deadline for Christmas and guess what? It ain't happening. So they're pulling the plug on it and saying, oh no, we're going to make a pivot now. You should have never pivoted off of voting rights because frankly, if you're not securing our democracy, then nothing else that you're doing fucking matters. So here we are where I believe that the 2022 midterm elections are going to be the most consequential elections of our lifetime. And I believe that they are going to set forth America into some of the darkest ages that we have ever seen. I've been in conversation with friends um, and colleagues, right, that I really respect in the political space, in the law space, in the social justice space. And everybody is terrified about 2022. Everyone believes that 2022 is going to be that year that when we look back on it, if we even have an opportunity to look back on it, the questions that young people will be asking is, why didn't anyone do anything? How was it so obvious that America was moving headfirst into fascism, headfirst into the recreation, the reclamation project, right, of white supremacy. And you all were dicking around with the legislation that doesn't actually matter. And I believe that that is going to be the epitaph of our democracy. And I got to say that when I look at these politicians right now in the Republican Party that are vying to be the biggest villain, right? You look at Death Santis, you look at Abbott, you look at Youngkin, right? Youngkin is the more laid back, hey, you know, I'm wearing a vest and so I'm the softer Trump, but Trump no less. Death Santis is going hard, balls to the wall, right? He's like, no. We are, I'm going to put forth every type of legislation that is possible to make it so black and brown people in my state have no voice. That black and brown people in my state should fear leaving their homes, right? Think about this for, for a minute. A couple of things that Ron DeSantis has been doing. So first you have his desire to open up Florida, right? Um, there's no COVID here. Florida is a COVID playground. Um, I don't know how many people have died at this point in Florida, but it's a fucking lot from COVID. So he was reckless as fuck with that. And why I call him death Santis is for that reason. Why? Once again, there is no class action lawsuit against these criminal ass, negligent, homicidal, 
governors in this country, I do not know. I am not a lawyer, but my God, I believe that there is a case to be made. And I don't know why it's not happening. We're the most litigious fucking country in the world. And yet there are no cases here for COVID death. I, 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 I honestly, I do not understand it. So he starts off with open up Florida. There's no COVID here. Tens of thousands of people in Florida are dying. Then he turns around, right? And he has his uh, attack on critical race theory. But the most important thing that everyone kind of shrugged off and it really was not major, major news, and it should be, is when Ron DeSantis, but a couple of months ago, said that he wanted to have his own community armed forces that only reported to him and were not subject to the enforcement or oversight of the federal government, namely the president of the United States. I want everybody to think about this because every time that we want to shrug, that we want to laugh off, that we want to ignore the things that the radical right is saying out loud, right? Much in the same way that they planned that entire insurrection, the entire fucking coup out loud on podcasts, on radio, on Fox News, on social media platforms, and the world shrugged. Donald Trump said 1-6 was going to be wild. Was there any investigation? Those motherfuckers were organizing in plain sight on Facebook, on, on Twitter, on TikTok. FBI did nothing. CIA did nothing. Pentagon did nothing. Because it was white folks. And all white people don't do any harm, right? We're not going to police our own, right? So once again, here is Ron DeSantis saying the quiet part out loud. That he, as a governor of a very large state, wants to put together his own militia that he directs and that only reports to him. So imagine this site. Let, let's, let's paint the picture right now. Ron DeSantis decides that he wants to impart martial law before any election, before the upcoming 2022 election, before the presidential election, if he wins re-election for governor, right? And doesn't run for president, which I think he absolutely is. That he decides to invoke martial law. He disseminates his own guards, right? The president of the United States, who is Biden, says, uh, what is happening in Florida is on some hot shit decides that he is going to bring in now the National Guard, the Army, whomever. And so now, all of a sudden, Ron DeSantis has fashioned himself to be what? Robert E. Lee? And then going up against Biden. And this is how a civil war breaks out. Because you have both sides believing that they are patriots doing the duty that they have been called to do. And while he was having these conversations and we could have checked his hot shit, 
years in advance, we don't because we think that it's a joke. But I'm telling you that Ron DeSantis creates this militia. What is to say that the rest of red state governors don't decide to do the same thing? What's to say, folks, if you really want me to scare the shit out of you on this Good Friday, What's to say that they're not all organizing to do that very same thing right the fuck now? That they are together collaborating, all of these red state governments, right? To create their own personal militias that only are directed by them, for them, at their will. And that in their fucking crazy world, Donald Trump is still their president, and so he is the one overarching and calling the shots. This is the type of scenario that keeps me up at night. Because what I used to think was so far-fetched and would never happen, could never happen, everything that I thought could, would, and never happen have all transpired over the last couple of years. Think about that for a minute. Before COVID-19 hit our shores, did you ever think that you would be living through a global health pandemic? Before Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, did you ever think that an outright racist, misogynist piece of shit who joked and was recorded about grabbing a woman by the pussy would become president of the United States? Did you ever think that you would see your Capitol building up in smoke, and thousands of people charging at Capitol Police and D.C. Metropolitan Police that are trying to hold their ground and secure our Capitol building. Did you ever think that you would see that in your lifetime? So everything, folks, including the massive climate events that keep occurring every couple of fucking weeks now, from the historic fires to the historic tornadoes to the historic floods to the historic droughts? Did you ever think that you would be seeing these events happen? This is shit that has happened in the last two years. So I want us to get out of the practice of saying, oh, that's impossible. Oh, that could never happen. Because what it does is that it blocks us from being able to create a strategy to combat what we know could potentially be coming down the pike. Because we think that it's so unbelievable that we don't create a plan around it. Because we don't think that it's worth it. And see, that's where Democrats have themselves right now. Is that they never imagined in their wildest dreams that one of the two political parties in these United States would turn into a right-wing white supremacist cult. That they never could have foreseen that a Lauren Boebert or a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Matt Gates would be in Congress. And they are. And they won their elections outright. That we wanted to believe that those people that I just named, and there are so many more, were the fringes of the Republican Party, but they would never become the mainstream. But because of Kevin McCarthy and his amoeba-like physique, 
with absolutely no spine and no brain, he has allowed these people that we thought were jokes and we thought were on the fringe to now be mainlined and mainstreamed into political culture. Oh, I never thought that we would have an entire news channel, an entire station, an entire network that was dedicated to upholding and spreading mass hysteria, hate, fear, and lies. Right? So everything that we think can't happen has happened and is happening. And where Democrats find themselves is still looking up in wonder and amazement that these things are transpiring. And so they are so caught off guard, so knocked off their game because they're still functioning as if we have a functional two-party system, that these are people that are operating under the rule of law. And yet they are showing us every single day in every single moment, that they could give a fuck about the Constitution. Jamie Raskin, Congressman Jamie Raskin, was on the floor of the House, and he is showing, <laughs> I mean, this I, I, I laugh, folks, so that I don't cry. Jamie Raskin was on the floor this week showing a very clear tweet, uh, not a tweet, excuse me, a text message, one of the many treasure troves of Mark Meadows' text messages leading up to 1-6, on 1-6, and then following. We, again, I, I don't know why they're not revealing to the public who these lawmakers were, because I'm certain that they know. But one of them said, why don't we just gather up our red state Republicans and send these electors and just decertify the election and replace them all with Republicans and Trumpers and let this shit go to the Supreme Court. So what a sitting GOP lawmaker text to Mark Meadows. This was not thought up on a whim. No, because what are we seeing with the subpoena now of the mastermind behind the, what was it, 38 slides, right? The coup document. The architect of the coup, Phil Waldron, is now being subpoenaed by the 1-6 Commission. But I want to bring something else up. As I was watching MSNBC yesterday, our friend and friend of the show, Ellie Mistel, brought up a really good point on Ari Melber's show. He said, why is it that it is the 1-6 Commission, which only has oversight authority, doing this deep dive and investigation, unearthing all of this shit with regard to who was involved in the 1-6 insurrection, who was the mastermind behind it, and getting to the bottom of it, and the FBI and the Department of Justice are asleep at the fucking wheel. I tell you every single day, I want to put Merrick Garland on a fucking milk carton because I don't know what he's doing. But the other thing that Ellie Mistel said is that Biden could have chosen anybody else. 
to run the Department of Justice. If he actually wanted to hold the prior administration accountable and safeguard our democracy. And instead, he chose some milk toast fucking institutionalist that has no grit, has no bite, and clearly has no sense of urgency. And I'm like, does, does he listen to any shows? Does he watch anything? Does he read anything? You have the power to make a significant mark, to signal to every Trumper, to every GOPer, that if you lay down with dogs, you going to get up with fleas and we going to wash you out. And he's not doing that. And everybody who is an attorney who has worked in or around the DOJ has been telling me for basically an entire year, oh, don't worry. It's okay that we don't hear anything about what the Department of Justice is doing. And I'm telling you now, tick-tock, tick-tock, your time has run the fuck out. It does matter that the public knows because the public has lost faith in the Department of Justice. The public is losing faith in all of our institutions. The public is losing faith in Joe Biden and you can look at his poll numbers. And you know that I don't believe in polls, but I'm telling you that the numbers that are being reflected right now are exactly how I feel. I think that what they have been doing is fucking lackluster. I think that their, their, their attention is way off course. And everybody wants to say to me, well, give them time. They're dealing with a lot. They knew exactly what the fuck they were getting into when they decided to run for office. They knew exactly the mess that Trump had created. So nobody should have been caught off guard. They should have just been receiving refined details and descriptions so that they knew how they were going to attack. Except this administration did not enter into the White House in attack mode. And I continue to say it. I didn't need a comforter in chief. I didn't need a fucking hug. I need a warrior. I need somebody that realizes that we are under attack and whether or not actual guns are being used right now doesn't matter. Because they created a goddamn war room around the insurrection. Where is our war room in order to get our democracy back? Who is in charge of that? This is where my anger and rage reaches a fever pitch. Is that I see these subpoenas. I see the votes to hold Mark Meadows in criminal content. I see all of these things. And do you know what else I see? I see the fucking calendar. And I realize how much time we have allowed to transpire. And I cannot help but get even more angry because I know good goddamn well that if the insurrection had been led by black people, been led by brown people, been led by any other group, those people and every single person that was even in remote communication sent a text emoji to the chief of staff would have been in jail by now. We would have been watching trials this entire year. And I'm so sick and tired of people saying, oh, well, it takes time. Because it seems to me that justice only takes time when it is white people that are on trial. 
They always want to tell us that we need to wait. I am watching criminality run amok over this country and still being told, oh, no, no, it's coming. Justice is coming. When? Let me not hold my breath before I pass out. It's so troubling because when I think about how much faith I am losing, and I am a person that has dedicated my life and my work to this, I think about people that were snapped into action following the election of Donald Trump, that they woke up, right, over the, or over the course of that four-year hell administration that we were living in, that people woke up. People who had long time said, oh, politics is not my thing. Oh, I don't like politics. It's icky. They woke the fuck up. Because we were so used to our government and our democracy just running like a well-oiled machine, something that we didn't really have to pay attention to. It's just something that's over there, but I'm really living my life over here. And now we are seeing the interconnectedness of those and just how government can affect your life for good or for worse. But now those very same people that woke up, those very same people that did their due diligence to get a new administration in so that they could rest are looking around and they're saying, what the fuck is happening here? Who did we put in charge? Because all we're being told is I can't, right? That's all Congress continues to come back and say to us. That's all the Senate clearly is conveying to the American people. Oh, I can't. We can't get it done because we have such a slim margin that two people who were not voted in by the majority of Americans that are in states that don't really fucking matter. And yeah, I said it because I'm pissed. Are the ones that get to dictate the terms of whether or not our democracy survives? Whether or not we're going to keep pace with other industrialized nations by instituting policies that people have had? Nations have had for decades, like paid parental leave, universal pre-K. I mean, what the fuck? You know, I continue to be so extremely frustrated and I'm tired of being told to wait and that somewhere, somehow, some light is going to be flicked on. And then everyone is going to spring into action. And what I'm saying is that these people, they never stopped planning post 1-6. That is why we have over 400 voter suppression laws that are in place. That is why we are seeing the pretzeled gerrymandering happening across states. They never let their foot off the gas. The GOP is running shit. And yet they're not in control of the White House or in control of Congress, but somehow they're in control of the country. How does that make sense? And the only thing that we know to be true is that it's going to get progressively worse. Because our votes, our voices are not going to matter. How is it that we are continuing and we've been seeing this? When was the last time that a Republican who won the White House won the popular vote? Right? I, 
I can't tell you. But that should have been our first signal that the Electoral College is a racist, bullshit tool that should have been dismantled a long time ago. One vote, one voice. The person with the most votes wins, period. But that's not what we're doing. And Republicans know that and they're making it worse. And each and everything, right, that they are picking up right now to continue stoking the flames under their culture war is turning into a massive fucking bonfire. And Democrats are sitting with their hands in their laps, staring up at the sky. When are they going to wake the fuck up? And my fear, this is my honest fear, is that it is going to take losing our democracy and then having to fight tooth and nail over decades to even get some semblance of it back. If ever. They have been at war. The GOP, the new white supremacist party, they have been at war. They started slowly with this slow-moving coup with the Tea Party. And then it moved and it grew and it got roots and it became Trumpism. And now it is strangling the rest of the country and we're still wondering whether or not, oh, I don't know what's in people's hearts. Oh, I can't really say this because I need to stay neutral. It it's I I I got to tell you I just I don't know how much more evidence is needed. I don't know how much more information you need to have in front of you. Merrick Garland, Chris Ray, in order to do your fucking jobs. You know maybe there needs to be a directive. Maybe Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should have an emergency press conference from the Oval Office. Our democracy is under attack. We took an oath to protect this country from threats that are foreign and domestic. And right now, this country is under attack from the inside out. We are raising the alarm. And we will do everything within our power to stop this threat. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. Donald Trump was going after his enemies because he did not like them. Why aren't we going back? Why aren't we doing the same thing with our enemies that are literally threatening our lives? Are we waiting for there to be a successful assassination attempt on Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, on Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Are we waiting for that to be successful, to then turn around and realize that the attack was coming from inside the fucking house? I sure as hell hope not. But that's the direction that all of this is headed in. I remember at the beginning of the Trump administration saying on this very show on a different network that things are going to get bloodier before they get better. This 
The 2020 election, this changing of the guard was just a pause. And I don't even think it was a pause on their attempts to cripple, destroy, decimate our democracy and our civil rights. They are coming for it, whether doing it inside of the law or outside of the law, they are signaling that they don't care. They just want to get it done. And then once they're back in power, once they have the gavels, everyone needs to be on high fucking alert. Because they told you what they were going to do. They have been saying who they are. You want to see Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, as, as the chairperson of the oversight committee? You want to see Lauren Boebert like running any type of committee? You want to see the likes of uh, Matt Gates or Lindsey Graham or any of these people holding gavels? No. Because if you thought that the stories around McCarthyism, right? Back in the 1950s, if you thought that the Red Scare in the United States was bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm wondering why we're the only ones that see it, and yet the people with the power to do anything about it are acting like everything is normal. Like, I get the idea of not wanting to alarm people when there is nothing to be alarmed about. But folks, we're at DEFCON level fucking one in this, in this bit. I don't even know. What is the order? Is it one to five? Is it five to one? I have no idea. But whatever the major threat is, whatever the major threat level is, we are at red, 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 red right now. <sighs> With the last few minutes left, I want to turn your attention to Omicron and to what has been coming out of places like New York. Um, folks, we are in for some major, major surges heading into this holiday season. Right now, I talked about this yesterday. More and more Broadway shows are being canceled. New York, let, let me tell you this. This blew my mind. New cases in New York, the state of New York, have hit over 18,000 in one day. Over 18,000 new cases of COVID-19 with Omicron as the leading variant in one day. There were 8,300 cases reported in New York City in one day. We are watching athletes and celebrities and shows and universities going back to virtual and going back into their pods. This is a warning shot as we are headed into the holidays together. There are breakthrough cases that are happening left and right. And folks are telling you, if you have not been boosted, I don't know what the fuck you are waiting for. If you are choosing to gather with your family and friends during this upcoming holiday, please have your families get tested before you gather. It does not matter if everyone is vaccinated. 
if everyone is not vaccinated and boosted and is not getting tested to make sure that when you are gathering inside, that all is safe, then we're not taking all of the proper precautions. The good thing that we have on our side right now is that we have vaccines and we have boosters, but each and every day that goes by, we are learning more and more about this new variant. We are learning that it is spreading faster and faster. As it is right now, hospitalizations are not high right now. People are not dying in the way that they did with Alpha and Delta, but that was pre-vaccine. It does not mean that if this takes over, which it is taking over right now, this new variant is taking over Delta. That means that what? What our friend Dr. Jonathan Metzl has been telling us, that then more virus is in the air, which then means that when more virus is in the air, it is likely to mutate again and again and again. Because what the virus is trying to do is find a way around the vaccines, find a way around the boosters. And if we get to a variant that spreads faster and then is more lethal, we are fucked. So all of the precautions that we had in place in 2020 need to be put back in place. Wearing masks inside, social distancing, doing as much as possible outside, going back into your smaller pod groups. That is what needs to happen. But of course, instead of science leading, we are at a place where still 25% of the population is not vaccinated. We are still at a place where we are going to see more and more deaths. I know that in 2022, it is very likely that we will surpass a million deaths from COVID because we are already at over 800,000, which is more than any other country in the world. We cannot take what is happening, whether in our politics, in our health, in this country, on this planet, lightly. As we get ready to change the calendar year, we need to raise our vigilance tenfold. It is the only thing that is going to keep us safe. Please, dear friends, do not let your guard down. It is more important than ever, than ever, for us to be paying attention. That is it for me today here, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck and stay safe as fuck. See you next week. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.